0: When does the movie come out? Scheduled release date right now is March 23rd. And why is that? Why can't you definitively tell me? Why does it have to be scheduled? Why can't you just say, hey, it's coming out on March
1: 23rd? Uh, Some of it's it's sort of out of our hands, right? Like we we finished the movie. We handed it over to our distribution company, and then they have to then – process it and get it through to iTunes. And there's just a whole bunch of like quality control things that they have to go through. And then we want to try and make it available to as many countries as possible right off the bat, which different countries different countries have different rules for letting movies come out in their country on iTunes or other pro- platforms. Like some, you have to have subtitles. I think like New Zealand, you have to have an official rating from like the MPAA or some other like equivalent. Even to, on iTunes? Even on iTunes. And so you have to go through some of those processes to... Get the movie out, and so it's just sort of like, how much of that can we can our distribution company get done by that date? And, um, and a lot
2: knew- of a lot of that was we were already pushing to get to a date that would be by the end of the open, and that was really important to us. Yeah. What
0: what 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 is your what is your title in the credits? A director. And what is your title in the credits? Director. And what is your title in the credits? Director. And is that common? have no. three directors?
1: No. no. No, the most I've ever seen is two.
0: And is, is two very common?
1: No. That's like semi-common.
3: Usually they're brothers.
1: Yeah, it's usually <laughs> the Russo brothers.
0: Are they sisters?
3: Well, I mean, they were formerly brothers, but now they're sisters. What are is they that, The, the, the Wachowski
1: brothers? <laughs> yeah. Oh.
3: <laughs> the Matrix dudes? Did that happen? Dude. Dude. Yeah, they both came out as transgender.
0: And did they do it? Did they?
3: I know one did. No, no, no. They both are now. They both are now? Yeah. Now that the Wachowski or whatever they sisters
0: really? those are the yeah. matrix guys yeah, yeah they cool. went into the matrix yeah, and they, they came the out
3: Ma- yeah <laughs> wow <laughs> they that's took they awesome. control of their life
0: did you like the matrix
3: i mean yeah you got to yeah it's
2: i great. mean i love it you like it i like the first one a lot yeah i mean i feel like it trailed off after that
3: yeah i kind
1: of interrupt the mythology a little bit but I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed the second one and then just despised the third one
0: <laughs> are you following the quentin tarantino thing
1: I am a little bit.
0: Oh,
3: we just debated this. Yeah, you did. Of, yeah. yeah, kind of disappointed, but
0: you guys are on did opposite. Some,
3: did something
1: else unfold? Well, it, so then, which part of the which part of the thing the are you talking Uma, about? Did, I, I ahead, just saw ahead. that
0: he wanted Uma Thurman to drive the car, and then they showed the video of her driving the car and then crashing the car into the tree. I I, I couldn't see how that was connected to Harvey.
3: Yes, that I was, was having a trouble
0: weird. making the connection.
3: I don't think there was much of a connection. But, I, no, I, think, I think
2: Harvey's the one that tried to keep that footage from that ever being seen by the public.
1: Yeah, Uma Uma made a post uh, after the article came out because the article really, like, that's what everyone's response has been. Like, this is weird to throw Quentin in with the Harvey thing. But the writer, like, really slammed Quentin for things that Uma didn't say, but she had heard other people say, like, those things about Quentin aren't in quotes. They're in just prose from her. Um, And Quentin's explanation of everything made a lot of sense to me. Um, But he's come under fire again for some things that he said about Roman Pulaski, who's been. Uh, He like came to his defense, and that guy's been accused of raping a thirteen-year-old back in like the eighties. No, the seventies. Seventies.
0: And and you you basically, as an adult male, you cannot have sex with a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, doesn't matter whether it's forced or consensual. You're just not allowed to do
3: that. What thirteen-year-old girl is having consensual sex with an adult?
0: Well, there you go. That too. I mean, but, but there's no argument there. Like, that's not, you don't start there and say, well, was she consensual? Like, no, you're no. right.
1: Yeah, right. and so he he's made some statements publicly, and I don't know when they were made, but.
0: Um, what were you guys debating about around the Quentin Tarantino thing?
3: Well, I just hadn't been up to date with the whole, the the information, so I asked, I, I brought it up to them, and I was just under the assumption that Tarantino was guilty, but he made a really, <laughs> I did, I was just like, oh, okay, you're a bad guy, you're putting people in car accidents, but then he, he clarified that, Uma Thurman had clarified that she wasn't faulting I oh she did him.
0: she came to his
1: defense in that
3: she way. came to his defense
1: and, and said like he gave me this footage knowing it might give him harm in his, in his uh, position and in his future the people I hold accountable are, are Harvey Weinstein and two other producers and he, he named them individually
0: oh that's nice yeah it's kind of a pleasant outcome in one of these stories yeah are you happy with the date March 23rd Mariah oh for sure And um, are you happy, Marzin?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think getting it out on the last week of the Open when everybody's still kind of rallying together, it was very important, so I'm happy.
0: How many people have seen the
2: movie?
1: I would say, like,
3: ten.
0: And, Mariah, who have you shown it to that you haven't told these guys?
3: (laughs) I showed it to my parents this weekend. Ooh! I knew it.
2: Marsden, who have you shown it to that you haven't told these guys? Uh, The only person I've shown it to is Connor. I showed it to Connor. Are we at 13? (laughs) 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 He for cannon. Who have you shown them to? I
1: have not shown it. I've seen it enough. I'm not showing it. My wife hasn't seen it. Really? Really? Jenna hasn't
3: seen it? Jenna hasn't seen it. That's wrong.
0: How about the boys? Have the boys seen it?
1: No, they wouldn't sit through it. That's part of the problem.
0: (laughs) You have two boys at home. Yeah. Um, Making a film is a twenty-four hour a day job. Is that fair to say?
1: Yes. Yes and no.
0: I mean, it's it, it's not it's hard work, right? Yeah. It's yes. a it's a it's a it's a grind. There's shitloads of footage. There's shitloads of characters to keep track of. How do you do it with two kids? I can't even. I'm not even.
1: One of the things that, that like, I get wrapped up in things and I take them home. I think a little bit too much. Um, and. Like I'll wake up in the middle of the night and think about them and, and uh, I'm distracted when I'm hanging out with my kids. So one thing that I started last year is I started a little family vlog, which gives me like some sort of creative outlet and forces me to go you out. You kind of let
0: that die, didn't you?
1: I just haven't, just finishing this up, I haven't had time to really flush out anything and I haven't really done really, I have a few in the, in the queue that I got to get out. You let it die. <laughs> It's not dead. It's so you're back. out.
0: So you're saying I asked, the question was: says, How do you manage it with kids? You said you have this outlet for a vlog, and then we find out the vlog is dead. So you don't have an
1: outlet.
0: <laughs> you don't have a way to manage it.
1: <laughs> it's dying. Yeah, I guess, but not dead. completely. I got to revive it.
0: Okay, so the hope of this vlog as an outlet keeps is, is how you do it.
1: Yeah, is is a way to force me to to do things that I will be memorable with my kids.
0: How often do people, Mariah? How often do people ask you how did you get this job?
3: Oh, so often very very often and it always comes down to it. I just I knew a guy who knew a guy who you know it was just by word of mouth
0: now let's get to the truth how do you get the job how do you how do you how do you learn to make films how did you get your foot in the door how did you what's step one
3: um
0: how long have you been here at CrossFit Inc four years and you've been in the media department the entire time. Yes. And so, tell me about day one. How did you How did you land here?
3: Uh, I started out as a production assistant on the studio team, so mm-hmm. like the update show and anything that the games department puts out. Um, and that was that was really cool because I came. I mean, I was 19 years old when I got the job. But
0: did you know anything, or was day one like getting water, winding up cables?
3: Well, so. Telling
0: Shawnee has fuzz in his hair. <laughs> Wait.
3: He doesn't have hair. Right. It's got a nice dome though right um no i my my mom was a professional photographer uh growing up and so from the age of like i think 11 i was her second shooter so i got into to like photography and film like really early and i was like working with my mom from like 11 years old uh-huh. and i was homeschooled so i had the opportunity to, to like spend a lot of time um exploring that stuff and so by i think like 16? No, like 15, I was like making my own like home videos and films and stuff like that. And then I started a uh, CrossFit gym when I was 17, I believe, or 18. And I met Torrin Simpson there and he- What gym? The, uh, CrossFit Ohana in Lompoc.
0: Okay. Isn't and, Ohana, is that Hawaiian?
3: Yeah.
1: It's kind yeah. of sounds Hawaiian, yeah.
0: Yeah, Ohana.
3: I think they have, the owner has some Hawaiian descent of some sort. Right, right. Um, oh, is
0: that where you made the video out of with the guy who was running with the kettlebell? Yeah. It was out of that yeah, gym. Was what was par- the name of that video?
3: Uh, I don't know what the name of the video.
0: It's <laughs> a great video. As How it- can someone look that up? What would they search, Eric? Uh,
3: Donnie Savella. Donnie Savella was the man. He was he was paralyzed, um, and then within like a year or two, he was used uh, CrossFit to um, regain all of his strength, and he competed in the open the next year. But he was like paralyzed from the waist down for. A few months
0: How did and, and why did you start Going to CrossFit gym
3: It was uh, One of my friends Just invited me The gym had just opened And she oh, I don't think she even Knew the owners She just heard about it And she was a gymnast And so she wanted to Try some new sport Like another sport And so
0: Were you in good shape Going in
3: <sighs> No I mean Yes and no It was one of those things Though where it was like I was 17 at the time And so I was running Three to five miles a day Five to six days a week And trying not to eat because I was a young girl that wanted to be really skinny and so um
0: great combination
3: (laughs) (laughs) working out not eating yeah yeah so and just running so I was just killing my knees my feet everything and so when I you know when she said hey let's try this CrossFit thing I was like okay cool
0: so you get your foot in the door here you apply online. You no.
3: So uh, Torn Simpson was working here, and he he uh, he had caught wind that they were hiring um, production assistants at the update for the update show, and he was like, "Hey, do you want to you want to apply for this?" And I so was like, "Yeah, for sure." And so I sent in my resume, and which was like nothing, and they brought me on.
0: And we're about three hundred miles north. Yes. And you just came up here, took the job. Yeah, I rented a room in town and started working.
3: Yeah, I canceled all of my college classes. I quit my job. I packed all my stuff, and I think about like three weeks and I was up here.
0: Wow. And at that time had you started making froning yet?
3: Uh I don't, I don't think so. I think it was like you started working on froning like a year after I got here. And at that point I had already started like nagging Tyson to like, hey, can I can I help you on with some of your stuff?
0: Had you ever wielded a camera? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I by sorry, not a still camera. Had you ever wielded a video camera?
3: Mhm. Yeah, you had. Mm-hmm.
0: And and Marzen and Heber had both been here already. What year did you start? Uh
3: like January 2014.
2: And what yeah, year did so, you start? Well, I mean, I started working as a contractor in 2010.
1: Yeah, I started in 2009.
0: I remember I remember your videos as a contractor when you first started coming in and you had the um Mars Media graphic. Yeah, was it? Like, it was like a planet exploding. Yeah, yeah, I loved that <laughs> shit. I'm like, what the fuck is this guy? And are those the years you made the amazing cooking
2: videos with? Like, uh, I, I've done a few different. He's did a lot of amazing videos. Well, th- different sets of cooking videos, but yeah, I was doing stuff with Nick Massey back in 2011. After Heber introduced me to him in 2010, after they made the pizza video.
0: Mizza we'll have to link to that that sounds really good
3: what does that mean like, it's basically oh a, is that's a, like the pizza with a, meat for crust yeah
1: it's a meat pizza have that's you ever
0: the, made that since you I
1: have not because it's just it's, it's kind just of like the, just like meatloaf but <laughs> the idea that you call it you don't call it meatloaf you call it pizza and it sounds like way more delicious right
3: sounds like a heart attack waiting to happen
0: so you made the phoning film and that was the first documentary that CrossFit had made really since every second counts
1: since every second counts yeah to be fair, they had done the 2014 games documentary that went just to YouTube, and that should be considered a feature, but it's not. Uh,
0: that's when Ian cut. Ian Ian yeah, yeah, that's amazing too. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And Test of Fitness though. You're right. And
1: Test of Fitness is like a mini doc though. That's not like a feature documentary. What's Test
0: the what's of the name sports. of the one Ian made? He just
1: calls it the 2014, 2014 games. Yeah. So if you search 2014 games on YouTube, it pops right We've up. We've got
0: to take that off of YouTube and shove that behind the paywall.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um what are you guys laughing at? <laughs> what was, so you finished Froning. Oh, um, what did you do on, what was your role in Froning?
2: Uh, basically, I mean, he created it and edited it and produced it. I was just at the games getting video that kind of helped contribute to the storytelling in that way.
0: So you have a, you have a credit in there as? Camera. 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 And in the Froning film, what was your role? Had I, you? St- I was an editor. And so is that, was that the first time you had edited a feature film? Yes. Okay. And so that was sort of the first time you, the three of you, had collaborated.
1: First time kind Ryan of, had co- collaborated. Yeah. Mars and I have been collaborating since 2009. Well, and since I didn't really
3: work with Mars on that at all. That but was just like a – I was just working with Heber.
1: Is the
0: first time you all had your hands in making a project that came to fruition together. Yeah. Like that was the first time you guys were in the credits together, the three of you. Yeah. Yeah. 2015 you guys make Frony was hugely successful by the way it's, it, I think it's in the top 50 most selling docs of all time on iTunes I say top 50 because one time I said top 16 and then I looked and it was 19 and then I looked another time and it was 13 so it's like all over the fucking place but <laughs> but, but, it, but it's high up there right very cool um, and then what's the movie that comes after Frony?
1: the next one was uh. Test, uh, no, Fittest on Earth. Story of the yeah, Fittest on Earth. The story of the 2015 Reebok CrossFit Games. Long
3: title.
0: And is that the and, and on that one is that the first time all three of you are directors?
3: I you, I did not work on that one.
0: You did not work on no, that. No,
3: I didn't. I didn't join them in, like they're your guys team officially until the following year.
0: So are you on the sidelines just like salivating, being like,
3: what Oh the yeah, fuck? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I was so jealous. <laughs> I, I was, did
0: the frowning thing already, like.
3: I, I didn't see it as... like I didn't have, like, a lead role in the Froning. I was literally but there. But you got your
0: hands... You got your feet really, really wet.
3: Oh, yeah. It was, it was incredible being able to assist in the edit with him, and it was... Oh, yeah. It, it solidified the fact that that's what I wanted to be doing.
0: And so... In that in that film, 2015, the two of you were both directors?
1: Yeah, yeah us and Ian.
0: Ian. Okay, so there were the three of you. Yeah. So that was, that was the first time there were three people, and the one after that
1: was uh, fittest on earth a decade of fitness and there was four directors on that one
0: and that was 2016 2016 and then that's the one that was the second most selling documentary in iTunes last year yeah
1: 2016 okay. 2017 for 2017
0: okay yeah it's always confusing right
1: because yeah. the
0: 2016 games is coming out in 2017 there yeah. it is
1: what was number one Uh, It was some, like, UFO documentary. Truth's out there. Yeah, Truth's is out there. It was sandwiched
0: between a UFO one and one that's um, I'm Not Your Negro, and then this is right in the middle. It's quite the three films, I think, like to to be up there. It's (laughs) pretty awesome. Froning
1: was up there for 2016, I think, or 2015. It was up in, like, the top five, and it had come out in October, which is cool because you had three months as opposed to, like, nine months with this one.
0: Wow. Oh, so do you guys consider that now? Now that you've seen that. Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. So now that you've seen that they they rank the films by best, best sellers of the year, you guys kind of cut yourself short by three months.
1: Yeah, well, for that that year, yeah. I think we cut – we made – And for this year. A, we, this year
0: you'll cut yourself short for three months.
1: Um, This year we're at the same timeline as this one.
0: But, the, but you only have nine months, meaning that like if you had that extra three months, you could have taken the number one spot
2: maybe Uh, maybe i think the the funny thing about the first one is like we didn't even know we were making it until after the games like we went into it with intentions of just making like a highlight film or like an after thing like we usually were doing and after the story came out and matt barely got beat by ben at the end and then katrin kind of surprised everybody out of nowhere we went back and looked at all this footage and we're like i think we have enough material here to actually tell a full length story and we did and I feel like it was a good jumping off point for where we are to now because last year and then especially coming into this film, I feel like we were like super all on the right page, knowing what we needed to, to kind of do to set out to do it the right way rather than, you know, trying to tell it afterwards, you know.
0: And you sort of had the same thing happen during the Froning Dock too, right? You guys were just shooting for one dock and then this footage of Froning kind of just started kept getting better and better, and you're like no, that's not what happened. No, they, oh. they
1: came to Ian and I in 2014, and I had just finished the test of fitness, and they asked Ian to make a women's documentary and to me to make a men's documentary. Right. And I was like, the only story of the men's this year is Rich Froning. I don't want to make a men's documentary. I want to make a Rich Froning documentary. So I sent out that, set out that year to only make Rich Froning, and what ended up happening was like my t- intention was to include characters like Scott Pancheck and Fraser was just coming out that year and Kalipa to make him look like they were threats to him, but really focus on Rich. Um, Ian felt like he didn't have enough material to do a feature with just the women. Uh, and so he asked if he could in- include more some of the men to kind of flush out more of his story. And so that allowed me to really only focus on Rich and tell just his story and not have to worry about much of the side characters. But I went into that that year knowing like, we're going to make a feature film on just Rich Froning.
0: Will you guys make another movie that just focuses on one athlete?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think right now we're kind of waiting to see what happens with Matt in the next couple of years because he's going to be dominant enough to probably give Froning a run for the, the four years in a row type of thing. And then, I mean, you have Catching coming back that she's already won two. She could run and win her third and be the first one to do that. So, I mean, we could definitely focus on an individual. It's just trying to pick that individual because it's kind of happening – amongst a lot of people.
1: Yeah, fi- finding out what the story is going to be and then seeing if the a- athlete will let you do that because that's a lot of pressure on the athlete too.
0: What's it like working here and coming up with these ideas to make these films? Do you have a lot of latitude? Does it feel like you have a lot of freedom to to choose which athlete, to choose the direction of the story, to pick who the stars are, to pick who?
3: I think most of the time it really just depends on – Like we don't know until after the games happen. Because, I mean, we went in and we went to last year, did a road to the games on an episode and <laughs> neither people qualified for the games. And so it's like we're kind of at the mercy of what happens, happens.
1: But we had the freedom to choose who those athletes were. So we do get a lot of freedom. Sure. We get some feedback after the fact, but <laughs> but, but we haven't had much pushback on any of the athletes that we wanted to focus on.
0: What year did you beat Matt Fraser? <laughs> I, that's so funny. I mean, like, what year did I you become the fastest man? What, what, what movie did you become, or what year did you become the fastest man in the world? Uh, can well, we see that? Is that easy to find? Sorry, Eric. No. Okay. Sorry.
1: Let's we'll see if we
2: can. We can. See Mars has got in, on probably. his phone real quick.
4: No, he uh, yeah. got it on Instagram. That, that
2: was in 2016 during the, the sprint event on Sunday.
0: And tell me what happens. Like, what are you doing? How? I mean that 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 shit went viral. It was crazy.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, basically you know I, I kind of have a background in running I, mean, I play college football and stuff but it's not like I was out there trying to like show off my sprinting I was just trying to get a good shot of the competition but uh do and, you and tell me mind-
0: who else is over there with the movie so let me set this up we're basically in the soccer stadium in, <laughs> yeah. in Carson California it's a stadium that holds 30,000 people it's half full um there's Matt Fraser's on the field are all three of you guys down there yeah. yeah. And, and and you know that there's going to be a sprint, and Ryan's like, I got it. And you're like, no, no, I got this.
2: Well, it's funny because, I mean, like, <laughs> Heber, Heber is on a, at the time, he was on a much bigger movie than I was. And mm-hmm. I was on kind of like a. For uh,
0: people who don't know, Movi's a movie's a, a camera, a, a, some carbon
2: fiber shit that holds a camera. Yeah. a stable. Basically a stabilizer, yeah. Uh, and I think some of the best looking got- stuff is when you can, you know, yeah. some of the fast moving, running, sprinting, some of that looks really good if you can nail the shot. And I was just trying to match their speed. I mean, they were having to stop and turn and go back and forth. So I was kind of just picking my moments. And I happened to show up on the Thanks bottom. Thanks
1: for liking it.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two years later. Eric's so good. Eric's Six so good later. at that. So pause this. So where are you, Mars? Okay. I'm
2: right there. And, and who are you focusing on? I'm just trying to stay with these leaders here in this and, line. And who are the leaders? Well, I think this is Marcus Philly and it looks like he's in the lead and that's Fraser, that's Ben Smith and I don't really know who that is.
0: Okay. Action.
2: <laughs> that's Patrick.
1: Could be Patrick. but Luke is there in the red shorts. That's Matt Fraser.
4: Matt no. Fraser and Ben Smith in a foot race. Are you kidding me? What can this guy do? <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs> so That's
4: Matt you're
0: you're holding the gimbal in your left hand and you're swinging your right
2: arm. I wonder what how Romanoff would judge your running. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I, The funny thing is I remember like sprinting all these men's heats and being like, shit, yeah, I mean, I, I feel good. I feel like I got a lot of good footage. And then the women came out. I didn't even, like, realize that we had, like, six more heats of women. So I <laughs> I did the the whole next event with women.
0: And, and Same thing, running. So, yeah. Running. So you ran 12 100s. Yeah, something like
2: that. And are, are you soaked? Yeah, it was literally like you cross the finish line and you're just like, dude, I don't know how I'm going go to go another event. And then and that's the thing. is like, I know that... These are like my crossfit games. Like you know, like we work out and train together and do all this stuff. But it's like when we go to the games, it's a long, grueling test of camera <laughs> endurance. How much does that rig weigh, fully loaded? Uh, that rig's that's like our lightest rig. So that's a that's a it's a Sony A7 on a m 5 and you know with little odds and ends and stuff. It's probably like a eight to ten pounds maybe.
0: And you're carrying it off your
2: midline. Yeah, that's
0: a great shot. Are both your feet off the ground right there?
2: Yeah, I actually posted a photo of back a little while back, and I'm <laughs> straight on shot, and both my feet are up.
0: Do, do, are, are are you guys watching this too and cracking up like as it's happening? Are you guys? Jesus Christ, Mars is going. On the are you guys handling your own shit, getting your own shots? Like,
3: oh yeah, we yeah. totally not noticing that. <laughs> what, what's really funny about that is like it's it is really really impressive like that he did that. But I was, (laughs) no offense, Mars, I was a little bit more impressed with Heber running around with a rig all weekend that was twice as heavy as that.
2: Yeah. I mean, it is impressive, and especially, I mean, that was back before we had Movi Pros, and Movi Pros have legs on them, so you can actually set them down. So he was on a Movi M10 with a red. And no legs, so basically there's no time to set it down or anything, so he's carrying it until he has a volunteer bring him a stand to put it on. Mm -hmm.
0: And how often do you have a volunteer following you at all times?
1: Yeah, but like I'd walk onto the field and be on the other side, so he's trying to just track me around the back here. And anytime I would look to the stance, he would come sprinting out because he, he knew that that was my cue for like, you got to come find me.
2: And your arms are burning every time you hand it off? Yeah. yeah. It's more it's of more the back, really, because like oh, yeah. I can like almost T-Rex and like pit my elbows against my sides here, but it's like the muscles in your back that you don't ever have to support holding weight in front of you and for a long time. So yeah, that's like something similar to like the M5. That is the M5, but... Yeah, it's a pretty similar setup to That's what Mars That's basically that. what I was running with right now. Mariah, there.
0: how old are you? Uh, 24. And you have a director credit on... Two. Two movies.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and two successful movies in terms of um, audience appreciation and just sheer numbers and worldwide recognition. Is it, um, is it too much too fast? Is it like, oh, shit, where do I go from here? Or...
3: No, not at all. I think it's it's really really cool and it's really uh, it's really satisfying because that's always been like a goal of mine like I always wanted to do. It be was a, a goal. It's
0: not like you just stumbled into it. No, you were like I've, I want to make movies. Yeah,
3: I think from when I was 14 I decided I want to make movies. And it's been it's really cool. I am very I am young and I am like incredibly inexperienced and they have had to be very patient with me through the process because I'm learning as I'm going still. Is so, that true? Are you guys patient?
1: is very talented. We don't, maybe a little bit of patience, but not much. Okay. Not what you would <laughs> expect. She's
3: being modest. <laughs> no, I, no. It's, <laughs> I, I, I am. I'm learning as I'm going still. And it's like I'm having, there's there are certain parts of this, or like the whole process that I definitely sit back on because I'm like, you guys are speaking another language like the whole distribution thing like heber was the first one to figure like with froning he had to go learn all of that for us and i still don't like i don't i <laughs> he's shooting back emails with people that i have they both are with people that i have no idea who they are what they want or what the purpose is and i'm just like cool that's great awesome <laughs> I don't get it yeah get it is. done <laughs> good job guys
0: when 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 you guys have shortcomings in areas and you see someone else doing more. Do you guys make notes of that and try to work extra hard in other places? Like, be like, okay, fuck, if Like, I know you guys were all shooting during that scene, but on on a really shallow, superficial thing, if you see Mars out there doing that, will one of you run and get him a water... Like, are you guys always watching each other's back? Or if you see, let's say, so one of you has to, one of your parents gets sick and you have to go home and you know, the other two are editing for 48 hours straight. Well, one of you, will you come back and be like, okay, I'm going to really get at it. Is there a lot of that? Like,
2: yeah, I mean, I feel like we support each other quite a bit. I mean, we're, we work together every day and we know what each other's strengths are and what our weaknesses are at the same time. So I feel like, yeah, I mean, what do you think about that?
1: I, I
0: bring that up because I've had resentment with people that I've worked with who um, we're working on projects mm-hmm. and they're getting um, a lot of accolades <laughs> and
1: i just saw a meme about this where it was like 63 people agrees to go, agreed to agree to go stab um, i forget who the politician was but only 23 showed up yeah so, yeah. so yeah. even back then every, not everyone did yeah. agree to do all the same work at their group projects yeah and it's kind of it's kind
0: of like it's kind of like if if person a and b are doing all the work and person c has all the opinions you're like hey dude shut the fuck up you get your opinion should like like There should be some ratio of opinions to um, weight moved. Yeah. And then you guys have done, now you guys done two films together. And I just think like, wow, like that's a lot of pressure to
2: put on a relationship. Yeah. I mean, relationships, right. As far as like agreeing on certain things, I mean, we, we kind of all have to like sit down and go over what it is that we're trying to accomplish in this particular circumstance. And, I feel like more in the past that was an issue where you'd have two of us agree on something, and then when we had four on the last film, it was like almost impossible to get four people to like one thing. But
1: it was easy to split when there was four people. The three, it's you you tend to have two agree with one or against one, and then the one's like, okay, let's do it that way.
3: Yeah.
0: Yarrow. This this year is the first year of the four games documentaries that you guys have been involved in where we get to see sort of Dave Castro's behind, behind the the wizard's curtain. Yeah. And specifically you went and shot that in San Diego, California. Yeah. Um, How does that come about? How do you, how do you guys?
2: Uh, Well, basically I I hit up Dave and I was like, Hey, we want to show people what, goes into the planning of the games and how you come up with these workouts and how you test them and the different weights and the different rigs and all the different things that you can incorporate in there so he invited me to come down to his pet <clears throat> testing facility in, in Del Mar he invites you? Uh, I mean he <laughs> is it an invite? <laughs> I,
4: mean, I, I don't
1: know if it was an invite or like
2: yes it, it, it's to- very always it, it, very short response you know, can, very I come, short. can I come film with you? Yes time here date you know So went and filmed with him, and first thing happened when we showed up, we played uh, a lot of basketball and got to just kind of hang out that way. Had uh, Julian from the California region that qualified, didn't go to the games, but he was the test dummy for a lot of the stuff that we were testing down there, and it was really interesting because, you know, they put these guys through a wide variety of tests, and a lot of the stuff – you know they they take the data down and then they try and figure out better ways to like make it more presentable to an audience or uh, a more elegant rep scheme and stuff like that and it's funny there's a part in the movie that you'll see when they're testing out the hay bells from one of the events and dave's very he's like you know i bet you a lot of people have allergies i know i do and i think that that's funny that he recognizes that and then he's like they're gonna have to adapt to this type of stuff Fuck it, put him in yeah <laughs>
0: Um, was there any time when you were there and he's like, Hey, don't shoot.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, when he, and did you still shoot? Yeah. When I first got there, I basically was just trying to like film the space Mm -hmm. because we weren't testing workouts right away, but then he'd be back in his little office. Like, you know, I always funny, find it funny. Like I've seen these like little figurines that he uses and like, it's almost like,
0: yeah, like little army men you yeah, play with as a yeah, kid, I but these like, are little CrossFit figurines. Yeah, well, yeah Red yeah. Rider, you know. Yeah, yeah.
2: And so I'd be back there trying to film him in his space, and I feel like that was a little bit more of the, uh, hey, you can get a shot, but get the shot, and then get out of here because I'm trying to come up with.
0: So was it something he didn't want you to see, or was it that he didn't want you fucking with his mojo? I his, think like it's his his mojo. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think
2: it. You know, yeah. he has his own. He has a groove that he doesn't want me to be in there, just kind of poking around too much.
1: What do you do in that situation, Savon? I just keep filming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait till I get yelled at, door slam. Um, Are you guys, so, it's interesting because there's very, there's probably very few people in the world who have access to the games and the games athletes as you three. It could be arguable if you laid out all the chips that the only person who actually has more access to the games and the people are maybe like Dave. You know what I mean? I mean, you guys like, if you brought in everything, you guys know a lot. You've been to their homes, you've been to and all the nooks and crannies of Madison, Carson, you know it all. And yet – and then you present this film that represents the games and sort of the genius behind the games is this guy, the Dave Castro. But you guys aren't friends, are you? Like Friends you, with Dave? Yeah. I would say I was, I'm friends with Dave. You're friends Oh, sorry. Okay. You're friends with Dave. Are you friends with Dave?
1: <laughs> I think there's – uh i would consider dave a friend
0: okay you got his phone number in your phone i've
1: okay, got his phone number like i'll text him every now and then all right
0: then you guys his, his phone number your phone yeah right no no
3: <laughs> i do not
0: and, and you're mexican
3: <laughs> oh, he, he, he likes you it. are mexican right we are yes that's <laughs> i think that's the only thing we really have in common and that's the i think that's the only thing we say to each other when we see each other oh fellow mexican yes hello
0: i you know I, um how old are you mars 30 and how old are you Heber? I'm 34. I think um, Dave is uh, prejudice, um, age prejudice. Oh, is he? I mean, I think. I I don't want to like, I think like he sees like, he sees you as young. You know what I mean? Like he's like, comes from that military, like, like he sees only three stripes on your shirt. uh,
3: (laughs) Three stripes.
0: (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I think he's like. um, No,
3: we have, we're, we're definitely pleasant towards each other. We just haven't developed much of a relationship yet. I haven't been in a position where I've had to deal with him. Personally, except for, you know, until I joined this team two years ago. But so it's. It, it, and
0: isn't that funny because you guys present his artwork to the world? You are his, um, you guys take his artwork and then you interpret it. And you not only show it in picture, you show it in narrative, you choose distribution, you guys do all of this stuff. And yet, and maybe it's healthy. You know, uh, there was a show I used to listen to, um, *Love Line*, back in the day, and it had uh, Drew, the Doctor Dr. Drew, and Adam Carolla. Mm-hmm. And they would always say that they like they did not talk at all off set, but on set, you know, in the radio show, they did it was a three hour radio show, three nights a week, and they seemed like best friends. Yeah. But they would be like, "No, we never ever talk, communicate. We do it all right here in front of you guys." Uh, is that a question?
1: No. <laughs> no, no, no. I think with David- but, but feel
2: free to just be like, I talk, you talk, I talk. You, talk. you, you can just- No, okay. It. Okay. Is that a dog? This is a dog. Right. This is what you be.
1: I think, I think for David, <clears throat> you know, what's cool about it is that he trusts us because we've worked with him for so long doing this, whether like Mars and I both uh, started creating the ESPN shows. That was one of my first jobs when I got fi- hired on full-time was to direct the first series of ESPN shows and the first time we went live. So we've developed a relationship of trust and that he's also so focused on the next thing that his next creative project. So by the time we're working on the documentary, he's worried about the team series. By the time we're finished with that, he's worried about the next open. And so he's very hands off with us and we'll send him a copy of it. Like One of the coolest experiences I had with Dave was when 2015 at the Invitational of Madrid, we brought a copy of the The First Fittest on Earth. and it was the first time he had seen it and he allowed us to watch it with him as well as a bunch of the athletes that were there at the invitational. And it was 3 what? Yeah, 3 a.m. Oh yeah, the I after heard pardon. about that. That's yeah. Fever like was a sober? Infamous moment. Yeah, yeah I was sober. Uh, you don't drink, right? No, I don't drink. Never? No, never Have you had. had
2: a beer? Never had a beer. Have Not even sh-
3: coffee? Never had coffee.
2: Not hot drinks? No hot drinks. No hot <laughs> drinks?
1: <laughs> that's that's the actual scripture, but soup. I've, I've had a hot chocolate, sure.
0: Have you? <laughs> and like you would eat soup out of a cup <laughs> you wouldn't be like, oh, this has to be put in a bowl. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I it's got
1: to have some meat in it or I'm
2: not sipping on it. All right, we'll get back to that. Wait, we'll circle wait, back wait, around. What
3: do you call soup, Mars? The poor man's?
2: I don't call it that. I love soup. I'll <laughs> I devour some there. soup. Oh. He's, he's biased against soup.
1: Th- there's just this, that, this conception that like the soup kitchen, what do you think of?
0: Right, some boots and hot water boil the boots. and What? Yeah, you know, like in the cartoons. You ever seen that? No, yeah, man, but, th-
1: but who goes was, Who goes to a soup kitchen? Who eats I it?
0: I would go to a soup kitchen. Poor I'd people. Crush
2: some soup. <laughs> exactly. Poor
0: You'd go there to film, make a documentary.
2: <laughs> no, man, I'm going for like some tomato bisque, you know, dip a little of uh, that, like a ham and cheese in there. That's what I'm, I'm dipping that.
0: You do a 3 a.m. screening with... Dave Castro with a bunch of athletes, and yeah. it's sort of like that was a, that was a bonding experience.
1: It was a bonding experience, and also really cool that he would trust the cut that we had made, that it would be presentable for him and the athletes that were there. And at that point in the movie, we had like there wasn't any color done to it. I think most of the sound was there, and, but there was just some minor elements and graphics that were missing. Um, so we were pretty far along. Um, but that, it was just cool that he showed, let us show him, because there might have been something that he had said that he didn't want people to see. That was in the movie, but he was allowing us and these other top athletes to see this version of the movie. Like,
0: like, like expressing why Dan is choking on something that's just like too much.
1: Yeah, like, like, why isn't Dan? Why did he only take fourth that year? Oh, Dave's got an opinion about this. Right. He says it on camera, and he doesn't want right. that to make the final cut. Right. Right. Uh, that it, it, he ended up being really happy with the cut and that's the actual version of the movie that, that is available on iTunes now
0: regardless of Dan's feelings being hurt or yeah right. exactly um, we do have a clip of the yarrow yep that's not in the trailer trailer that's just no dropped that's it's just special for the podcast so those of you who are listening you'll have to listen it starts here with Rory McKernan you know that Dave Castro is gonna mix things up Dave has a great vision of what he wants to accomplish at the CrossFit Games and he's really committed to seeing that vision realized. It usually starts with themes or it starts with a couple building blocks and then he'll kind of fill in the blanks around
4: those. So you start putting these things on a wall, you start laying them out, you know, o course, uh cyclocross, run, swim, run. These are empty spots that aren't programmed, but I'm gonna program them as traditional CrossFit. And this means I've tested it. So this is testing with time with the athlete, with the day 17.5 but at 135. I love it. I don't know if this is a nine or 10 minute workout or if this is like 11 and 12, or 13 and 14. That is kind of why we want to test and figure it out. I'm programming for the test. I'm programming for the spectacle. I'm programming for the theatrics of it. I'm programming for the actual entertainment, then also testing strength. And also testing endurance, and also testing different movements. You were getting good hits. I'm thinking 16 pull-ups, 30 or 40 skier cal, 20 people per week, two. Again at 2:45. Some people have allergy issues. I bet you, I do. <laughs> This is my form of art, and I try to get better at it. And there's the little things like, you know, any of these workouts can be done in one spot in your gym, but we lay them out across the whole floor. Sometimes we add multiple rigs, so that it's just like a straight race through. That's part of the art of it. That's part of just seeing five rigs out there is powerful, and it's great for Rogue, it's great for us. It's just a big welcome to the CrossFit Games. There you go.
0: Do you guys love that when you see pieces of it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, we're Yeah, we did that. <laughs> we made Dave look cooler than he is. <laughs> yeah.
3: We we've screened it so many times that it's just like watching it's almost like pulling nails at this point. But we did watch it at my my place, what, like a week ago? Mm-hmm. With like on a good TV with like a good sound system, and we were so fired yeah, up. Yeah, it
2: was like because you go from editing on either headphones or computer speakers or something smaller to a full system with a sub and all that, and it just really sounds cool. How long is the film?
1: Uh, I think one fifty-seven. It's the total runtime, one hour fifty-seven minutes.
0: Every year, it's the same event, right? It's, it's the CrossFit Games, mm-hmm. and 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 you're trying to to tell the story so that it's fresh. This year, you guys were throwing a bone. Were you guys concerned at all that since CrossFit Inc is a, is 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 a, is a company, although although you know, Greg Glassman is all about the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Did you have any concerns that you weren't going to be able to tell
2: the Ricky story?
3: No, I don't think so. I mean,
2: I had concerns as far as like just how far down that road we wanted to go, just because I didn't know how much how much attention it deserved to to go that way and like. Uh, until we got really like into it and figured out how to do that I was uh skeptical because I knew that the women's the way the women finished and the whole women's story was very intriguing so I was uh I was a skeptic at first and then Hebrew was like hey man we got a we got quite a bit of good different content to include in this and you know we I think we did a really good job with what we had and the way we did it so Mm -hmm.
0: Well, he brought up a good point. Deserving, like, is that how you kind of decided, like, whether it's deserve he's deserving? Like, what what I'm hearing Marston say is, is like, hey man, why why would we even want to give attention to this bad behavior? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, kind of sort of. Does it it it, even deserve that?
2: Just because I feel like it was kind of uncharted for us, you know, because like we haven't ever had to. There's not many like controversies that come up. And that was the first one that we were kind of like, how do we approach this? And what's the right way to do it?
0: It's like documentarian versus storyteller, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, are we t- are we here to tell the truth? Or are we here to tell a story? And where do those two kind of like...
1: And I, I like to blur that line a little bit. You know, like I want to make the coolest, most fun. Like, I don't see this. I never went into this to try and make documentaries. I didn't get into filmmaking to make documentaries. I actually don't really enjoy most of the documentaries I watch. But I love action movies, big ones. Let's you know? uh,
2: write that down. Get that clip <laughs> out. Yeah, yeah, he's he's like Michael Bay. He's like Michael Bay. The, like a Michael the Bay number, guy. the director
0: of the number two selling documentary on <laughs> iTunes like last I, I, year, does not enjoy documentaries or making documentaries.
1: Like it, well, I, I enjoy this a lot because it's a it, it's combining the two passions that I have of like fitness and film. But like when I go to the theater, I'm not going to see the latest. Um, I don't even know some of the other. I've, if I'm watching a documentary, it's probably going to be on Netflix or in my home. If I'm going to the theater, I want to go see the newest Marvel movie, or I want to go see the new um, Jumanji with, with the rock, you know, like I want to see these big star Wars events. And so I like to put that kind of passion into these movies and make something that's big and exciting and fun. And like the number of cuts per minute in these movies is equal to that of a Marvel movie in an action sequence. Um,
0: are you guys all on board with that? You guys like that?
1: What?
3: Yeah, I mean, this I... kind
0: of documentary, as opposed to something that has these long, drawn-out verité moments, like like the Ogar Will of Steel, like you see him getting out of the car slowly, and you, his frustrations building. There's no cuts, and also you see him throw his crutches.
3: Oh, and... personally, I, I'm a I love documentaries. Like I love watching documentaries, and so this is a very I like them both. Like I I, I loved Ogar. That uh, Carrie did a great job on that. Like I like that style, sure. But
2: this is still real. This is still real, but it's almost like an action film documentary yeah. in a way. Just because it's, like, it, you know, it, the, the soundtrack to it all is very, you know, action movie-esque and lead you along in the sense of like, you know, it's it's. It's engaging because of the way that the, the athletes, I don't really know what I'm trying to say. But. I would say that you
0: were doing a great job, and so you said that last part.
1: <laughs> <laughs> for for the uh, cinema verite moments, like I I love those too. To, to a point, like Sarah Sigmund's daughter, had my favorite moment of last year's documentary, which was her struggling through this last part of a workout, and it's no music. It's just her and her coach yelling at her in a language she doesn't speak, with weird Iceland, like weird Viking music that he had put on in the background. Like all of that's what's happening there on site. No music added to it, and it's the longest take in the movie. It's the longest uncut sequence. And
0: and how long is that?
1: I, I I originally wanted it to be like three minutes. I think it's en- ended up being ninety seconds.
0: These guys stepped on your dick.
1: Uh, we had someone else step on ours.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 Time constraints. <laughs> All, right.
1: <laughs> All, right. All right. We don't All want to right. talk about that. though. That. podcast number two. For that. <laughs> but uh, but those moments are great when they're when they're so engaging that you can't look away. Intimate and and, and they're intimate and so not always is that. The case, and you—if you have too many of those—I get bored and lost in those. But if you build it in, as an action sequence, that it, it, in my mind it plays a lot better. But that gets away from from the Ricky stuff. Like that's a whole different—if if it's deserving or not—I've I've, I've kind of gotten off topic from your question there. Uh,
3: but the Sarah scene—I think one of the like it is drawn out or long or whatever. But I think what people actually feel is like discomfort watching it. It's very uncomfortable to watch that scene like i feel uncomfortable watching that scene and i think that's what defines the difference between like a documentary and like storytelling or like being you know making movies is like the whole ricky thing like people are going to be uncomfortable watching that right and that's because good it,
0: because it's too personal like we're too in his space no
3: because it's controversial because okay. people don't i mean they'll be they might be upset about it they might feel bad for him they might you know whatever it's it's something that he, he cheated and it's a very uncomfortable thing to watch but I think that as documentary filmmakers it is that's our we have to tell that story
0: do you feel bad for him
3: I do I really do we, Heber and I got to know him over a couple of days and he's a I mean he was a fun kid to be around for sure do you feel, kid
0: do you do you feel he's
3: my age do you? but he's he I mean you got that he's like a kid vibe like he's very very young
0: do, do you do you do you what what did I ask you do you oh. feel bad for him? Oh. Do you feel bad for him, Mars?
2: Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to I mean, I feel bad for the fact that, like, I was excited to watch him compete for the next however many years he had in him because he was, like, this fresh new blood, you know? You feel
0: bad for yourself, like the way my mom feels bad that Kevin yeah. Spacey show got canceled. She's like, "What the fuck?
1: What the fuck? I yeah. love House of Cards."
0: <laughs> yeah, she said that. That's it. Sorry. She's like, "Can not he be in jail?" And they just let him out to make the movie, and then just throw him back in the yeah. cell. Like, what
3: the fuck? But I, I gotta, I gotta clarify. Why should that I be punished? I don't feel bad for him. I like, I don't. You know, that was his decision. He made that decision. I. But it, the whole, the the whole thing is unfortunate, and it's. I feel bad about that.
0: Heber Cannon, do you feel bad for Ricky Garrod? <laughs> what?
1: Gerard Garrod? Uh, that's a complicated question. Like, I think the sentiment is I really like him as a person. I, th- I thought he was really fun to be around. He was he was really exciting to watch. I love his brother Benny. I got along great with him for years. Um, they were both awesome. They cooked us breakfast when we were there. But knowing like who I feel bad for isn't Ricky. I feel bad for the people that got cheated and that's Patrick Vellner. That's Brent Fukowski, That's anybody that who had a chance to win one of those workouts that Ricky won. And instead of photos of Matt Fraser winning that bike event and having his fist in the air and stoked. And that's a a moment captured for him. Ricky has that moment. Right. Brent has that or, uh, Ricky has taken that from other athletes. Right. So I feel bad for some of the other athletes. Um, So in
0: a vacuum, when you're just with Ricky you do feel bad for Ricky, like
1: yeah,
0: human to human. But big picture, it's like, dude.
2: Yeah, I mean, you don't ever want to like an, see somebody's yeah. whole like world collapse and stuff, right. even though it's right. like self induced type right. of thing. But right. that's kind of where I'm like, man, it sucks that that happened, and I feel bad in that sense. But it, you did it yourself. It's
0: yeah. hard for us because we're intimate with them, right? Yeah, yeah. We spend fucking seven days. And the, from the second we wake up to the second we go to bed, we're trying to think about how we can get closer to these guys. Mm-hmm. How can I make them feel more comfortable? How can I make them feel more at ease? How can I ask this question? And 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 you know it's not easy for them because they're juggling two things, right? They're juggling us in their face with cameras, and trying to fucking win that the, the hardest prize in you know one of the hardest prize in sports.
1: Yeah, which is not like most people aren't dealing with so much of a camera in an intimate space when they're in the middle of their sporting event. Like that's a really unique thing that CrossFit. I think because of what you've done in the past for the sport um, has kind of grown as our culture, which is not only is, are you going to have cameras on your face on the competition floor, we follow you home.
0: There's something I feel like we know as filmmakers there that the athletes don't know and the, and the watchers don't know. And, and maybe some of the athletes know this, but we see them physically giving so much that we see them emotionally breaking down. And when that's happening to them, I don't even think that they know it. You know what I mean? It's like creep. But we're there with cameras and we're like, "Uh uh-oh, this is not the person I was interviewing on day one, Mm -hmm. right? Do you ever feel like you're – do
2: you ever feel like you want to turn the camera off? Yeah, I do. I always – I mean like I feel like that's always something that like especially when even when it's not awkward or anything or like when you just start filming with someone that I'm always like, am I invading your space too much? And it's like, I almost want to like lay some ground rules like, Hey bro, if I'm making you feel a certain way, let me know and I'll back off. But a lot of the times of the games, there's just all these new guys and you don't really know the feel or what, what they're, uh, how they're going to react to you being right up in their face and interviewing them and talking questions a lot. So like, I mean, Heber does a lot more of the behind the scenes than I do. So I feel like he probably has a lot more of on that.
1: Um, yeah, I think developing ground rules, is, is especially depending on the subject, who you're talking to, like with Froning, there was uh, a couple of moments at the early part of the Games Week in 2014 where um, after a Monday night dinner, he went to his hotel room and I just kind of hung out outside the hotel room and I was just trying to give him a moment away from the camera. And he texted me, he's like, where'd you go? And I was like, hey man, I was just trying to give you space. And he's like, look, you're one of us for the week. Like, I get it.
0: He's awesome. Yeah, he, he was so
1: cool. And I was like, from that point on, I felt like i never had to worry about, like I had earned his trust. and I. Had, but to get to that point, I had gone and filmed with him during the Open. I had filmed with him a week before the games and then uh, road tripped with him from his house to the regionals and stuck with him that whole weekend. And at the regionals, there was lots of moments where there was awesome opportunities. Like I think some dr- drama happened with him and some members from his gym. Um, and I didn't know about it until after the fact. Because I had kind of let, I was just letting him go to his hotel room and go to sleep, and that's what I thought he was doing. But he was in there getting like an IV for water because he was sick and stuff like that, which would have been great stuff on camera. But he didn't want it on camera. But because I didn't push for it, he really opened up at the CrossFit Games, and we had an awesome result from that.
0: I, it, it's interesting to hear you say that because when I think of you as a filmmaker, I think of you as being very assertive, like like you're here to get what you want and what you need, and like it's business time.
1: It it, it isn't, but.
3: But you I, have a limit. I, you have, I have a line. I have, have, to, have
1: a... I, I want to. I want them to. I want them to have a positive interaction because I feel like the more positive it is, and the more they trust that I want to make them look like a superhero, the more they're going to allow me into their world. Like I had to have a talk with T at the beginning of this year, which I think after last year's documentary, she was a little put off with how she was represented in the movie and how she came across. And uh, I pulled her aside one day and I said, "I said, hey, you're being a little bit tentative, and I've I've heard it's this. Is this true?" And we talked it out a little bit. And I explained to her, like, hey, you could win this thing and we could not have any great behind-the-scenes footage of you and, like, you'll be in the documentary as the girl that won the CrossFit Games, but no one's going to know you and no one's going to remember that. But if you allow us to be a part of your life this weekend, it could be not just you winning the CrossFit Games, but you'll have this memorable movie that's going to document the whole thing for the rest of your life. And not everyone gets that opportunity.
0: And you're friends with her, right?
3: Yeah, so that's actually where that... Like
0: real friends...
3: Yeah, I, I would, con- yeah, for sure. you like con-
0: got her phone number, like the way he has Dave Castro's phone number and his phone. You have Tia's phone number. Yeah. She's got a picture phone. of her
2: up in her office. Oh, damn. Yeah.
3: Well, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a cool picture,
2: though.
3: Yeah, a big fan. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh- no, so I was, after the the 2015 game, she took second place, and nobody had any idea who she was. We had no footage of her, and I got elected to go shoot with her for the first time uh, before the 2016 games, and nobody had shot with her at that point. I don't think she'd even had been filmed before like by like camera crew or like nothing
0: and who goes to australia with you
3: uh that time i was by myself
0: and what gear do you take
3: everything i take a camera i took a stabilizer um
0: what camera you take a red
3: uh i think the first time i took like a canon c300
0: and how many lenses do you take
3: i think i took three
0: and a shitload of batteries yes in cards yes and a movie a stabilizer yes And you carry all that shit by yourself
3: mm-hmm.
0: you check it on underneath the plane yeah, and how long does it take you to get to Australia?
3: Oh, it's a long flight. That's like fourteen hours.
0: And you know how to set all that shit up by yourself—the uh-huh. mics, plug all that in, uh-huh. format the cards. And then, do you have hard drives in a computer, and you're downloading every night yes. while everyone's sleeping? Yep. Ah, oh, they good old days.
3: Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, that's the funny thing. Everybody thinks that we're gonna go just hang out with athletes uh. and just have so much fun, but they don't understand that it's literally like. When you're we're sleeping, working, yeah, eighteen-hour days. They're working. We're working. We're, we don't get a dictate when we sleep, or when we eat, or when we use the restroom, or when we work out, or all. And what's simple. crazy
0: for everyone who's listening is these three guys will do those long eighteen-hour days and still work out. You guys, this fitness is out of control. There are no more hardcore Crossfitters in this building than you three. Okay, so you go to, um, you go to Australia. You take all the fucking gear. You go by mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. and and at the time, do you know that there's been a hiccup? Because
1: this, this was before. This
3: was before. So, oh, okay. so, I, okay. so I shot so with was the So it was Mariah's
0: footage that caused the hiccup. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that was
3: the issue. That's what happened, unfortunately. is like, um, so she was very, she was new. She was new to the whole, like, being in front of the camera thing. And um, we hit it off. Like, I definitely consider her a really, really good friend of mine. And I think that because she was new to it, she um, hadn't yet learned how to reserve some things because she felt like her friend was filming her. It wasn't a CrossFit media director was filming her for a documentary. No, she got she was very, very, very vulnerable with me because she felt comfortable with me. And unfortunately, it was to a fault. She was not happy with how she ended up looking. And so she was she was actually she she got she wouldn't talk to me for a few months afterwards. So but, but that's it. Like, like, like
0: she, you text her and she wouldn't respond. Yeah. And, 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 um, we
3: had, we had to have a long conversation after, like, after a few months to like, Hey, we need to clear the air here. Like, I, I love you. Tia. Like we're, yeah, I consider you a really good friend. Like what's going on.
0: Her dude is, um, Shane. Yeah. yeah. He's cool as shit.
3: Oh, love awesome. Shane. He's-
0: I usually go to him for comments because like, <laughs> I get, I'm a little freaked out by the, by the women anyway, but, um. <laughs> But, he, but 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 <laughs> when when you're having this talk what when you're having this talk with her is he there when you're trying to smooth things over I, or just one on one with her
1: I, I had talked to him briefly before and and like mentioned like I, I have a really good relationship with Shane and and got to know both of them really well uh, shooting Road to the Games the Cookville camp last year in 2017 um, and mentioned like hey I've heard this from Mariah how would you think I should approach it and I think he was a little in and over his head. But just with the stress of the weekend, like I can't remember what he said, but he he said the approach that I had pitched to him was going to work, and that I should pull her aside and talk to him. Mainly because he and I wanted to go get steaks at Lone Star Steakhouse together, <laughs> and and she was in the way of that because she had <laughs> other plans.
0: I mean, it, it's um, it's crazy. It's it, it, it it's um, it's ninety percent filmmaking is ninety percent filmmaking and ninety percent um uh, uh, personal relationships. Relationships, yeah, go a long way. And then um, and then ninety percent fighting to get sleep and a workout in that mm-hmm. doesn't equal 100 but that's a lot yeah. it's, it's a lot up. It's that's a lot, why it's about 260 <laughs> there's, there's so much personal stuff <laughs> Seventy,
3: math <laughs> <It's
0: John> Su- <laughs> will, will there be any screenings for what's the name of the movie The Redeemed and the Dominant
4: yeah
0: will how did you guys come up with the title
2: we, we uh, I mean we I like been, that but, we all together feel. we uh, I mean we have called it fittest on earth and then I mean the second one fittest on earth decade of fitness and then we didn't want to just call it another fittest on earth without kind of changing it up and kind of giving it a, and, and I feel like this movie is a lot more focused on uh, your champs in in a sense. So we wanted to kind of uh, come up with words that best described who these people were and like what their story was at the games. And we went through a lot of different renditions and I feel like that was the strongest title and that's what we came up with. we really excited. Happy and stoked.
0: Posters, dope. Can people get that poster? People can buy
1: that it? poster, stuff.crossfit.com. It might not be available today, but in the next few days it will be. Within
0: up. three years it will be. Yeah, <laughs> by the yeah time definitely, you're definitely by 2020.
1: Um, um, And I think people have just started to put together what that is. Yeah. That's the back. Of who?
2: Someone who's ripped. Yeah. <laughs> the best was like, Getting getting Vellner to look like Vellner was. Uh, I like remember the pimps. early the early posters. Yeah, and it's yeah. and all as it is is his hair is like if if his hair goes right instead changes. of left, you know.
1: Yeah, his hair was going that way, and yeah. his hair goes this way.
2: Look at Annie,
0: keeping it real. How shocked are you that Annie made it to the podium? So shocked,
2: I couldn't believe that. Like, and she even says it in the movie a couple times that she probably. She thinks that people may have felt like she was kind of over the. Hump. I was
0: one of those dirt
2: bags. I know. I remember <laughs> in the interview, I like, was totally one like, of those dirt bags, yeah. and you know, because I've never been so happy to be wrong. I know, me yeah. too. Yeah, because you I, have. These I really others.
1: wanted her last year. Like I really wanted the three Icelandic to really push and have an awesome battle between the three of them, and then I was totally disappointed that because I've always loved Annie. I thought she was great from the time she came on the scene in two thousand nine, and then at this year because of her performance last year like there was such a great setup with her and Sarah at the regional level just battling back and forth and then for her to not be in the conversation last year as much was a total bummer and so yeah I wanted to do it this year not of giving her the respect that she deserves
0: has Annie pulled out of the games twice 2015 just the once just once and 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 Cara has, has pulled out twice 2014
1: No she no, didn't she pulled only out.
3: Pulled out once She, she pulled out once Yeah
0: okay that's it's interesting. And you then know, the, they, and they the both year...
3: came back.
2: I mean, that's got to be yeah. So I think Kara was just as surprising and more surprising. than But not Annie. it shouldn't
3: have been though, because she's played. She's done phenomenally consistently. Yeah, she she passed out in Murph. What was that? The first event, second event?
1: No, that was like the
3: she proceeded. She passed event. out on, in Fourth Murph, and, and she proceeded to take fifth place that year.
0: I'm surprised she hasn't won the games, or Sarah Sigmund's daughter hasn't won the games. If you ask me, which two people are you
2: surprised? Yeah, Sarah was definitely like... She, she especially, was so close in 15. Yeah, in 15 and then coming back in 16, you're like, it's either going to be Sarah or Katrin and Katrin somehow.
0: W- one last question before we tie this up and start planning our second podcast. Cool. <laughs> what if you don't like Fakowski or Fraser or someone who's going to be at the top? What if you don't like Tia? What if you don't get along with Carweb? What if like...
2: Well, that's weird because I feel like we get along with all these people. I, so, I mean. but what?
0: So, so you guys haven't had to deal with this challenge yet. Yeah, we right? we haven't
1: attracted that big of douchebags to our sport yet.
0: So, so you like all of the athletes? You would want I, to go to dinner with them, skiing, handball.
3: I think that it's also it's part of our job to have personal like good relationships with them. So maybe we don't hit it off. Maybe it's not like one of those things where it's like I'd hang out with you outside of work kind of things. But we we. That's that's one of the most important things about what we do is we make sure that it that they feel like that at least.
0: So like, hey Patrick, when I'm at home with my wife and I'm three beers in, I'll fucking make fun of your hair all fucking day. <laughs> but when I'm filming,
3: we're gonna be best friends. I
0: turn that. I'd still make fun of it. I turn <laughs> that, I turn that commentary off, and I and I and I me, so, is it being fake?
1: Us being fake? Yeah. No. No, I think I think it's just dealing with people and personalities. Like that's just something you have to learn as a person to some degree. If if you want to be in this type of position, which is you have to be able to figure out how to get along with a lot of people, because sometimes the most interesting people more than are, get along, intimate, right? Yeah, you yes. have to become You have to figure out how to make that work. Because if you want to get intimate with these people, like some of the most interesting people are the biggest assholes, right? So like you have to figure out how to get along with with jerks sometimes, if you're going to want to find the biggest most charismatic personalities like you can you have to figure out how to deal with ego a little bit
0: Eric I have a question for you sorry this is the last question yes sir of these three up here oh no one of them has called me a pussy to my face oh do you know who it is (laughs) no you don't do you guys know who it is I don't know. Do you know who it is, Mars? I don't know. Right? do you know who it is?
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the man, he rides to work on a motorcycle and a pair of sweatpants. Uh,
0: that's not the time Ooh. I remember being called a pussy. I okay. think it was a few times. I think we did an overhead squat workout, and she used 145, and I used 115. Yeah. And I think I got called a pussy.
3: You, you consistently <laughs> use less weight than me. Yeah, that's true. But you don't need to. I do need to. It's no, a, you don't. It's a scalable workout. It's scalable, you know? but he, he scales it because... It's like,
0: because you want to. Cut. (laughs)